So, I mean, there are many people who have challenges when they're getting diagnosed with chronic illnesses. And it depends a lot on, like, which chronic illnesses it is. But the more uncommon the chronic illness and the disorder, the longer it takes to get the diagnosis. Um, and that's largely because it's not as well known. It's not as well researched. The providers don't know as much about it in general. Um, and it's not going to be the first thing that people are looking for. And you're welcome ads. Uh, this whole conversation is to, to help answer questions and, and I love getting them. I got diagnosed with CRPS 13 years ago. The lack of information at the time was crazy. Took two years for someone to tell me what was going on. Yeah, and that is really frequently the experience of people who are having chronic illnesses. So you'll you'll go in with specific, um, you know, symptoms that you're having a challenge with and you know, people will be like, not sure what's going on. And it can take a really long time. And it usually means seeing multiple specialists. And uh, for those who don't know, uh, CRPS uh, is complex regional pain syndrome. And yeah, it, it's a form of uh, chronic pain. And it's usually in the leg or the arm, but it can be in another part of the body. And it's pretty freaking miserable. So I'm sorry that you're experiencing that. And the challenge with something like that is that they, when they think about pain, they are looking for what was the injury? What was the, you know, what's the infection? What's the What's the cause? You know, what's the, that they're looking for that acute thing when this isn't an acute thing. So there isn't a infection that is still kicking around. I've had a seizure before and that's not a good experience. Yeah, Gamma Breach, seizures suck. Um, I have had two seizures, they suck a lot and don't really want to have them ever again. The seizures are not fun. Ugh. Do I make YouTube videos? Yes, I have two YouTube channels. I have Zebra Pig Gaming and I have Zebra Pig Thoughts. Um, my Zebra Pig Gaming is just that, all the videos that are around us, like playing video games and talking about gaming and the zebra pig thoughts are the videos that are surrounding um the chats and any of the content that is around our medical conversations so yeah we're over on youtube the zebra pig thoughts is just getting started so but hey we're, we're getting there it's a little baby channel so but we're hoping that we can get it to grow and, and, and be as big as the Zebra Pig Gaming. So I think that there's a lot of hurdles when it comes to chronic illness in our current healthcare climate. And one of the biggest challenges is that our medical system is set up for acute care and not um, chronic illness. So acute care is short-term illnesses that 
we expect you to have a full and complete recovery from. And these tend to be things like infections, uh, you broke a leg, uh, even cancer is considered an acute illness. And these are things that have a very finite term and they're acute because one of two things happens. Either you recover and you get better or you don't and you die. Um, we're hoping for the first. <laughs> But these are things like heart attacks, uh, getting in a car accident, um, yeah, having an infection, any of these like short term. And I say short term because in the medical world, they can be shorter term and they don't tend and they aren't viewed as being things that, that will be forever. However, some of these acute illnesses can lead to chronic illness problems. Um, you know, having a injury can lead to chronic pain syndromes. Having an infection can lead to things like chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, having COVID can lead to long COVID, you know, so you can have, and often that is the start of many chronic illnesses, is an acute illness that changes our bodies and leads into this chronic problem. Um, so... We're not really definitively sure like where that line is of like why some people have that chronic problem after an acute illness and why some people don't. Like we don't we don't understand the science of that. We don't understand what makes that difference. Um but yeah, there there's this portion of people that it just but the challenge that we're seeing in healthcare right now is that 60 to 65 percent of the population which is the majority of the population have chronic illness and are the majority of the consumers of healthcare to manage that chronic illness but the focus of our healthcare is still in acute medicine so providers are being taught to diagnose, assess, evaluate, and treat medicine as though you had an acute illness. So they often approach medicine as if you had an acute illness when the reality is, is that the majority of the patients that they're going to experience in their practice are people who have chronic illness that needs management rather than those who have an acute illness like a urinary infection. Um, so I think that that's one of the hurdles. So when people are going in to get a diagnosis, there's this huge focus looking at is what is the acute illness rather than could this be a chronic illness? And people aren't really, providers aren't really evaluating things in that context and in that view. So I think that's one of the biggest reasons that it takes so long. And I think the other big reason is because of the fragmented way that we have our healthcare system. That we have so many super specialties that we look at just one body part at a time. And the challenge with that is that our medicine has gotten complicated enough that it's super hard to know all the things if you don't have a specialty. 
or even a subspecialty. But in doing that, it makes it really hard for there to be this person keeping track of the big picture. So, yeah. Oftentimes, it, it takes a long time in, in figuring out what's going on and getting that, that answer and getting that sorted. What is my favorite game, Seven Days to Die? Well, there's Sparrow. I think that it is a great game. And if you're looking to try a new one, I think Seven Days to Die is a great one to try. I also think that it is a better game to play with a group of friends than alone. You can totally play it by yourself, but I think that it is way better with a group of friends. But I, in general, enjoy playing games more with other people than by myself, but... That's just my gaming style. Well, hello, Mini Mayas. Yeah, my Squishmallow is May. She's the llama corn. And Squishmallows are amazing. They're like one of the best stuffed animals ever. Hey, Bounty Hunter, how you doing tonight? Uh, do I ever have a viewer bat bash with Seven Days to Die? You mean like talk about it negatively? Is that what you mean? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Yeah, see, this is why sometimes I clarify what, because people from different parts of the world use words differently, and I'm like, um, not sure what they're asking. <laughs> uh, so, like, have a party or a bunch of, of uh, right now we have a server for Seven Days to Die that you can gain access to through giving us support through the coffee shop server, which is the um, buymeacoffee.com slash zebra pig you can see the website listed at the top of the page or you can follow the link down in the about um and it's part of the tiers of subscription for support um otherwise the viewer support and interaction that we usually do with seven days to die is mischief maker but if you want to play with us then it's it's through the uh, buy me a coffee support, and I'm sorry to hear that you aren't able to sleep, Gamer Breach. That always makes it for a challenge, because it is hard to feel well when you can't sleep well, and it sucks to not be able to sleep. And I find that oftentimes that we end up with people from Australia, or I end up viewing people in Australia because I tend to be awake during the night shift and I tend to stream on nights and all that. So we're awake at the same time. <laughs> and people in my area tend to be asleep while I, I'm awake. So you guys tend to uh, line up with, with my wake time more. Yeah, I find that uh, my hours do tend to cater to, to people who are on like the other side. Yeah, because I've definitely have been night shift for so long that uh, I, I don't see myself ever being a day person now. I've done night shift for 20 years. I will probably continue to always be a night shifter to some degree. <laughs> and on this website link, can we in fact buy you a coffee? Um, well, that's what they call it when you do a one-time donation is buying a coffee because they do it in increments of like how much it would cost to pay for a coffee. So sort of, but it's like Patreon. You can do subscription 
tier support and with each tier you get like different benefits of like thank you for the support um and then you can also do the buy me a coffee which is you can say oh i want to buy this person this many coffees and it's a one-time donation um and we will have other things up on there um like next week we're going to be doing the um hack crocheting stream that's next sunday so that's the hooking night and then after the hooking night i will be putting up the pattern for the hat on there so that people can get that as well so that's the plan assuming i can uh get it all together um but I'll, I'll give you guys more information on that next week. But that's the current plan. So it's like Patreon, but it's got some more stuff. Because you can do like one-time purchases. You can put up um, things for sale. Like just a regular shop. There's like a gallery where you can look at all the different hats that I have. Um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, Bounty Hunter. I pretty much exclusively work nights. I get up at like around 5 p.m. and I usually go to bed around 9 a.m. Um, if all things are going well in the world of sleep and sometimes that's not the case but if things are going well that is my sleep schedule um, and I have worked the night shift which is 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. for the majority of my working shift which I've been doing even when I was a CNA, so for a very, very long time. Um, and how many days a week? When I was in, working at bedside, it was three twelves a week, unless I picked up extras. And, well, how often I worked extras varied a lot. There was a stretch in my career that I was more often than not working 60 to 80 hours a week. Yeah. Being a nurse can be pretty uh, brutal hours. Yeah, 12-hour shifts can be hard. I'm not a huge advocate for 12-hour shifts, especially in the nursing field, because the longer shifts you work, the more you get fatigued, and the more fatigued you are, the more likely you are to make errors. And obviously, that's a problem when we're talking about somebody who is uh, making decisions in context of, uh, you know, somebody's health, well-being, you know, you don't want them to be making mistakes. So them being fatigued can be very problematic. So I wish that we were doing shorter shifts for nurses then. But I am at college to be a nurse. It's so draining, but I like it for the most part. Well, many mayas, there's a lot to be said about how different it is to be a nursing student than to be a nurse. And I'm not going to lie, being a nurse is very hard and draining in its own way. But it is a very different thing than being a student. Um, I think that part of what makes being a student so hard, and I think this is true for college in general and not just nursing students, is that you don't just have your designated student time. You're, you're going to class and then you're studying and then you're going to clinical and then you're and then you're and then you're. So it's not just this dedicated time that you're doing your student thing and then you're, you've got time off. Um, once you start working, you can um, 
say these are the hours that I'm working and you can choose to not pick up extra hours. And I will strongly encourage you as a new nurse to not fall into the trap of always picking up hours. Um, learning how to say no and saying no effectively and having those good boundaries between your personal life and your work life will be essential to thriving in your career over the long term. It will be easy to burn out very quickly if you work 60 and 80 hours a week. Yeah. Here it's max eight and after that it's overtime. Yeah, so Bounty Hunter in America, it, they don't start overtime until you hit a total number of hours in the week. So I can work a 20 hour shift and it's not overtime. Um, and it's totally legal for me to work 20 hours straight, which is mind boggling to me, but we can do that. Um, I can work a 12, uh, 24 hour shift as long as during that 24 hour shift, I have four hours that are dedicated to me being able to rest and they don't have to be consecutive hours. So wrap your head around that one. So you can have a 24 hour shift if you get four one hour rest breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that almost makes sense. Um, and they don't pay you for those one hour rest breaks. So it counts as a 20 hour shift, not a 24 hour shift. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of insanity here in the workforce. Permanently understaffed and underpaid, at least in the hospitals and hospice sense. Yes, Angel. It doesn't matter what field of nursing you are currently in. Um, if it is direct patient care, it is understaffed and underpaid. Absolutely. Um, and definitely overworked and often high risk. Like people do not understand how absolutely high risk nursing is. There's um, nurses are more likely to be assaulted than a police officer, which is mind boggling. But yeah, I'm more likely to be punched in the face than a police officer. I mean, not anymore because I'm not a direct care nurse anymore. But yeah, the nursing field is really wild. Um, I work tens and I tell people I, I work with when I'm willing to do overtime. Yeah, Angel, you really have to draw clear, clear boundaries. And it's super essential that you don't pick up extra time. And let's say it again, why isn't healthcare free in the US? Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> we pay more for our healthcare than any country in the world. And we have some of the lowest healthcare indicators for quality indexes than most countries. Yeah, it's mind boggling. Absolutely mind boggling. Um, and people are worried about nationalized healthcare costing more tax money. Well, yeah, it'll make your taxes go up, but then you won't be paying for health insurance and you won't be paying medical bills and, 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 and. So, dude, like, we could literally pay half of what we're paying towards healthcare now into nationalized healthcare. We would get better healthcare and nobody would go into debt for healthcare. And we would get better health care because all of that money, literally all of that money, or 99% of that money because of main care and Medicaid, we know that some of that small cost, small amount of that has to go to like administrative costs, but really small, but none of it goes to advertising, none of it would go to profit, blah, blah, blah. We wouldn't have CEOs taking multi-billion dollar paycheck home every year. So healthcare would cost us lots less and we would get lots more.
So sure, our taxes would go up, but we would be paying less money. Why would it matter that it was in taxes instead of in healthcare insurance? I don't know why that bothers people. So I've been put in charge for the audio and visual effects for the upcoming school play. And I'll be honest, it's a bit draining because I have to use my brain a lot. You know, Lily, it's surprising how when you're not used to doing something or it's more intellectual activity than you're used to, how exhausting that can be. Because we don't think of um, mental activity as activity, but our brains require a lot of energy to do their jobs. Absolutely. Like everything that our brains do require, uh, you know, neurotransmitters to be made, require glucose to be used. Like our brains and our thoughts require fuel. So it's just as much a metabolic function as walking is, but we don't think about it that way. So yeah, it, it's absolutely exhausted and I'm sure that you're going to do a fabulous job.